Hello and welcome to What the Tech from Boost AI, where we talk with some of the brilliant minds behind new and exciting tech initiatives to learn what it takes to tackle technological uncertainty and eventually change the world. Today, I am thrilled to welcome Natalie Duncan, co-founder and CEO of BugMars, a smart, scalable, and automated insect farming startup that uses computer vision and machine learning to increase yield and profitability of insect farms for food, feed, and organic waste reduction. BugMars is unique not just because they're building AI software for alternative protein, that is, bugs, but because their mission is to find ways to feed humans and livestock better and more sustainably. It's an incredible mission that encompasses a lot of really big stuff, impacting future generations, food security, and of course, our climate. I'm thrilled to chat with Natalie and about the unique innovation she's driving at BugMars, her experience in the startup world, and her plans for the future. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Nat. Hi, thank you, Paul. Starters, could you tell me a little bit about your background? What got you into the space to begin with? And yeah, why bugs? (laughs) I wonder how many times we'll say bugs uh, in this podcast. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> um, my background is actually in fine arts, conservation, and material science. I also have, you know, experience insect farming, specifically crickets. Uh, I got pretty good at killing them, and that's how Bugmar started. Yeah, I was always, uh, you know, interested and curious about agriculture and technology. Never expected that I'd be merging the two of them, but um, that's what we ended up doing. That is so interesting. So I'd love to know if you could tell me, how did you get from fine arts into the agriculture space? Was there an opportunity that you latched on to? Was there somebody in your network who was like, hey, Nat, I know you're interested here? Sure. Yeah, no, um, I found it by accident. I was studying art abroad Uh, while I was in Glasgow, Scotland. I came across someone who was promoting insects for human consumption because I had you know, always had this interest in sustainable agriculture, um, I realized, oh, this is, this is it, as I did my research. So I came back to Canada, realized that there weren't many farms in Canada breeding insects. I decided to try it for myself. And then I failed every <laughs> single time. At that point, I, I reached out to my uh, current CTO. We were friends at the time. I brought up my issues with him. He has a background in technology. He can do everything from chip to cloud. And he said, you know, we can use AI to solve some of these issues. That is amazing. Now, could you tell me a little bit about the AI that you're using today? I know that I mentioned in the intro computer vision, which I have a little bit of familiarity with just from my past work experience, but also just tenets of ML, all the above. How are you applying that to the bug agriculture space? Going to start taking tabs, by the way, on every time I say bugs. <laughs> um, yes. So the computer vision component really is, um, you know, cameras that we have inside the insect farms. They're monitoring uh, 24-7, watching these insects around the clock. We kind of, you know, have a somewhat joke about it being like a bug panopticon. We basically are big brother for these insects. Uh, we watch everything they do, every move they make. And then the, com- the machine learning component really analyzes the input that we feed it from these images, from the sensors that we have in there. And it starts to understand what's going on and it can start to make predictive recommendations um, and provide, provide analytics to these farmers. I love that you said bug panopticon. That might be title of episode. That was great. Um, (laughs) So I'd love to know, um, as you've developed the technology too, and as it's come into market, how have your goals maybe evolved? My initial takeaway might be one of scale because you were trying to start your own farm yourself and then you came to the heart of a problem and you look to find a solution from it. But as you enter new markets or as you expand and grow the business, um, what's kind of changed from your original marching orders to now? 
so much um, and also nothing at all in some ways. Yeah. You know, we were really focused on uh, human consumption when we started this. Uh, I had a dream of having insect farms in every home. Everyone was going to be growing their own insects. We were going to make that possible. Um, as we did our research, we learned that the industry was much greater and that livestock feed, um, pet food and waste reduction were also, you know, areas that we could um, really support and honestly make a greater impact. And then we got involved with accelerators, which was probably the single most important step we made as entrepreneurs to get to where we are today. That, so a couple of questions from there. First off, I'd love to know a little bit about the accelerator programs that you got involved in. Um, why were those specifically so helpful? Networking is it's not only important, it's absolutely critical. Uh, I wish I had known that from the start. Um, I really stumbled into it by accident. I was doing research, saw that there was a local accelerator. Uh, they were accepting applications like in three days. And I thought, you know, that's like some free resources um, and, and expert advice. None of us have ever exited a startup before. So we got involved. Uh, we got involved with them. And I think I've been in, I don't know, maybe 15 accelerators at this point. All right. Now, I'd love to know, too, what, what does the team at BugMars look like today? I know you mentioned you partnered with your CTO at the early stages, um, but is it still mostly a two-hander right now, or what's the team makeup? Yeah, this is uh, exciting because we just had a, a big change yesterday, but because I don't know when this will be released, um, I will leave some of that out. Uh, right now, it is a team of four. It's myself, um, my co-founder, Seth Hardy, our developer, Michael Townsend, and our in-house entomologist. Dr. Lee Best. And then we do have a new member who, um, I guess if, if people follow our socials, they'll get to see the news about. Oh, that's fantastic. And I'll make sure that we have all their socials in the show notes too, so that people can celebrate alongside Natalie and her team. But that is awesome news, especially to hear that things are expanding. And now you had mentioned too, that you have the doctor on the team and you also have a developer as well as yourself and the CTO. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. Awesome. Now, I'd love to know, how are you leveraging shred funding for any of these roles today? Or is that in the cards? Or is that something that you've explored in the past even? We have started to explore shred. In a way, we are both fortunate and unfortunate. We received so much grant funding um, in the first two years that the shred credits actually don't apply to us just now um, because of that grant funding. But going forward, absolutely, we will be, um, we will be taking advantage of that. Yeah, that is good to hear because I immediately thought when you were talking about how you've had this good news about expansion too. A lot of companies at the phase exactly where BugMars is, this is when Shred starts becoming valuable because you use those grants to get the product off the ground. They help actually fuel the ideas and the innovation that you have in your mind. And then it's when you're starting to actually make those expenditures, start bringing on people to develop and actually work on the scientific research and experimental development that Shred can start kind of covering the costs of even having entire employees on the payroll at some point. So I'm glad to hear that that's on your roadmap. But I'd love to know in general, too, we talked about working with accelerators, but are there any other kind of partnerships in the ecosystem that you want to talk about or that you've cemented since building Bug Mars? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. I'd, I'd love to take an, uh, an opportunity to, to talk about them. Um, you know, we've partnered with Carleton University and, you know, uh, Macmillan and Bertram Labs there, they have been some of the most impactful relationships we've made to date. They research this full time with their students. They're experts in the area and they believe and understand the potential of Bugmars technology. Uh, so you really can't get more validation than what they've given us. 
And we've also got um, a pilot partner, Infinite Harvest Technologies, and they're just extremely sincere people um, and their commitment to sustainability and their innovative approach for decentralizing insect farms is just, it's, it's just incredible. Now, going back to, I think, calling back the bug panopticon of it all, I know that your original goals were taught thinking about there being an insect farm in every home. Do you still see something akin to that being on the roadmap in the future? I know it's a bit of an abstract question, and I think the realities of what goes into actually cultivating these kinds of environments will get in the way of it maybe happening on the short term. But do you think that's still a reasonable goal or is it more of a moonshot these days? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I do. But I'm also, you know, I'm someone who suffers from the um, belief that, you know, the only barriers really are systemic. And if you can work within those systems, really anything's possible. Um, and my team, you know, we uh, we get so excited. Um, uh, to be honest, I'll, you know, I'll I don't even share some of my ideas with uh, my team because once I get them going, they'll find a way to make it happen and we kind of have to stay focused a bit. Um, And I think that, you know, there are ideas that every home will have a bioreactor in it for cultivated or cellular meat in the future. So I don't think that having an insect farm in your home is that far off either. Like you said, it's kind of the systems in place that are your only inhibitors to success in that realm, especially when you kind of have been raised to really think creatively and outside the box in that way. Of course, um, innovation doesn't live inside a vacuum. Uh, You really do. It's it's like machine learning. It needs new input, um, right, in order to to get somewhere with with innovation there. And, you know, insects are the largest terrestrial biomass. Let's use them. Such a good point, too. Now, I'd love to know, thinking maybe over the next year, uh, what's on the roadmap for Bug Mars? What can we look forward to? It sounds like you're hiring some more folks. Is it going to be a little bit more of that? Yeah, we're going to be hiring some more folks. We're going to be expanding, certainly. We're going to be bringing on, um, you know, quite a few farms. Uh, we've got our pipeline set there. We have a few different uh, models that we're hoping to launch. Right now, we currently have our working cricket model. And in January, we're expecting to launch our Black Soldier Supply model. Awesome. So lots of good stuff to look forward to. Um, happy to hear it. Now, thinking broader, too, about the current startup ecosystem, I'd love to know just as a founder, what is some advice you might give anyone looking to come up with a new idea and bring it to market in today's current climate? I know we did talk at length a little bit about accelerators and about finding the right partners in the ecosystem, but are there any specific tips or strategies or just takeaways about starting a business that you think founders should bear top of mind today? Yes, um, absolutely. Um, And I guess in order to get into that, I'll have to speak about the current state of things. So I believe that startups really do have an immense responsibility. There are some extreme global challenges on the rise. Um, and innovation really is key. Large corporations can't pivot and innovate the way startups can. They rely on us. They have too much bureaucracy to actually innovate. So I think that startups um, have the potential to really take the lead. Um, I hope it continues that way. I also think capitalism and consumerism of the past just isn't sustainable, strategic, or even interesting anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my advice then would be really stay true to your vision. Know that you will have to uh, you know, continuously adapt and pivot, but really know your vision. You're going to get so much input from so many people and, you know, too many opinions are not, you know, good. Collaborate, network, and the less, like, interesting uh, part or 
it's really like have more capital than you expect you'll need if you're going to bootstrap, um, especially if you're an underrepresented person. I think, you know, the bootstrapping is long and hard, but hopefully it won't be that. I think that's fantastic. I love too that you emphasize know your vision and stick to it. Uh, too many influences can really kind of chip away at what might have been a great idea that could really move the needle. But when you have so many voices coming in in the echo room, it's one thing to collaborate with those voices. It's another thing to have them kind of drown out your original idea. So I want to draw a fine line under that. Know your vision and stay true to it. I guess I just want people to look into this industry. You know, it's growing rapidly. Um, pay attention. We're not trying to make anyone eat bugs if they don't want to, but if you want to keep eating, you know, chicken, pork, cow, and fish, you really need to care about this industry because fish meal and soy are not sustainable if you want to keep eating meat. Absolutely. I, I, that is a great point. And I also do want to call back to a point that you made earlier about startups are really the ones who are going to be driving the innovation here. Um, there's a lot in the way of kind of taking down the other structures in place that keep us acting not necessarily as bad actors in terms of climate responsibility, but not changing our ways when it's very evident that we need to. So love hearing that we have startups like you in the game who are actually pushing this innovation and taking the lead where maybe bigger corporations are reticent to. Love that you're at the front lines of it. And I can't thank you enough for joining our show. And hopefully you'll be part of the Boast community soon. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for including us in this call. And thank you listeners for joining us. Please subscribe to What the Tech from Boast AI wherever you get your podcasts.